Hey guys, welcome to Unfiltered with Tricky Rich and Holly Benali. So we are trying things a little bit differently this evening. We want to make sure that our audio sounds well for everyone. So we're going to try things um, differently than we have before. We think Babe's got it set up good and that you guys can hear us okay and it's not all crazy. So we have been standing a little behind this week. Not a lot of activity with recording. What's been going on, babe? What have you been up to? I have been working. Like crazy? Working, working, working. Mm -hmm. On an Outback Steakhouse in Lexington. And to be honest with you, after this week, I could care less if they all burn to the ground. Babe, I don't think... Can you say... I mean, I guess you can. It's personal opinion. I mean, you know, they're not going to burn to the ground because of me. But if they did, it wouldn't, you know, hurt my feelings at this point. So you would... It's been rough. Would you not go eat at an Outback again? Not at least for the next six months. Okay, so I won't recommend that as a place to go eat for dinner? No, we'll go to Tumbleweed. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't know, there is still a Tumbleweed standing um, in Kentucky. There's several. There's several? There's several, yeah. There's one on the Outer Loop. There's a couple in Southern Indiana. There's one in Shelbyville. There's one in Shelbyville, and it's pretty good. You get the right people. It really is. Plus, it's Shelbyville, and we don't have much to choose from. And I'm not going to Bung Ho Joe's anymore. Oh, if y'all could see my face. <laughs> I don't know what it is about tumbling. It's pretty. I just don't like it. I did have something the other day. It was like, terrible. Yeah. I don't remember what it Your was. Your kids like it. <sighs> They'll deny it, but they like it. Yeah, they'd rather do that than real Mexican food. But anyways. Yeah, enough about tumbleweed. Kind of aside from tumbleweed and outback, I think we're okay. Yeah. Your week was good and eventful at work. <laughs> you like. So eventful. Researched a bunch of code cases. Babe, don't get. That is completely incorrect and false. I did news. not. Nope. I did not do that. So, anyways, so this, tonight what we're going to be talking about is another cold case that is in Kentucky, and this one is also very, very close to us. Shelbyville, Kentucky. I played my entire, well, not my entire, but a lot of my childhood was spent on this very road, okay? So, I'm very familiar with where this happened at. So, the road of where... Rock the case Bridge. that we're talking about tonight. Rockbridge Road, yes. Yes. So tonight we are talking about Jim Duckett, who is a man from Shelby. Well, he's not from Shelbyville, but he was living in Shelbyville at the time. And the last time that he was seen was November of 2008. The last time he was seen alive was November of 2008. I, I can't believe it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. 11, I mean, it really doesn't. 11 years. 11 years. And it was actually, when I was looking at it, the Celebration of Lights, or Light Up Shelbyville, was the night that it happened. Really? 11 years ago. Wow. So. Well, think about that. That right there, to me, is a clue. What do you mean? Light Up Shelbyville's happening. The majority of Shelbyville. law enforcement, Shelbyville, you know, all... All the 
quote unquote people are in downtown. They're not, you know, they're focused on other things. Hmm. I'm just saying it's a little bit of a clue. So what you're saying is light up Shelbyville. Everybody needs to go there if they live in Shelby County. No, it was a distraction is what I'm saying. Okay. They use that as a distraction. To do what they need to do. Yeah, these people were calculated, obviously, if you read the story. Mm -hmm. Because it does say that the people who knew him, not the, the suspects, which there are not any suspects. There's never been anything to say who it was. There's a grainy ATM picture. A very grainy ATM picture. You know, can can we like start like a petition to upgrade the cameras on ATMs? Well, let me explain Impacts about or... let me let me explain about the cameras. Okay, so before we get into this, there was a problem with the case and the ATM. So the person or persons who committed this crime against Jim Duckett and his family stole his ATM card, activated it, and went to his bank. So he wasn't, wait a minute, the card was not activated? From what I understand, the card was not even activated. So they... Activated the card. But they can't activate the card unless they gather information from the victim. Correct. Right, because, I mean, that's just not possible, right? You have to have the last four digits of their social and the phone At number. Least. So these people Which, had to have known him because... Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm different from most people, but I have my social card in my wallet. That is not good. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> what, what else am I supposed to do with it? I can't laminate it. So if I, you know, if I put it somewhere else in the house, it's going to get destroyed probably. But you have to put it in like a safe spot. I got you, babe. Okay, thanks, babe. I'll take it to my work and put it with all my safe stuff. Thanks for all your help. You're so <laughs> Anything for you. So let me go back to the beginning of this case, and then we'll go into more of these specifics that you're okay, talking sorry. about. No, I love it. I love that you're being so vocal this time, like you know what you're talking about. Mm. I, I don't. I really don't. You do. <laughs> you're looking into stuff, so it's great. So on. let's go back to the beginning of where things kind of started. On November 9th, 2008, 48-year-old Jim Duckett had just finished a day of Christmas shopping with his sister, Catherine Nichols, and rounded out the rest of the day with his family of nieces and nephews. So, sounds like a family guy wants to spend time with his family and be with them. You know, that's just a pretty typical stand-up guy, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I want my brother to hang out with me. But he doesn't live here, so we're just going to bypass. I just said that. So, Jim Duckett was a veteran who was tied up and found by his sister, Catherine Nichols, on November 9th, 2008. Catherine says that her brother was her best friend, and that's why she knew something was terribly wrong when she hadn't heard from him. So, you and your family are very close. Do you think... If you knew something was up, like, would you just have that instinct with your brothers and sisters? 110%. Like, if something just fell off, you would know and... Absolutely. Want to go check it out. Absolutely. And and that's what she did. So, when Jim Duckett didn't go to church that Sunday, Catherine, his sister, went to his house, went to his Shelbyville home on Rockbridge Road to go check on him. And... 
Catherine was on the phone with her sister the whole time. And she's just, I think I would do the same thing if I was going to check on my brother. I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm going to check on Jim. Let's let's talk on the phone. Be with me, you know, just to make sure that he's okay. Just to kind of keep my sibling in loop with what's going on. When Catherine stepped inside his home, she had no idea what to expect. His beloved cowboy boots were on the floor and his dead body was just steps away. That's insane. I could, I could not even imagine that feeling. Like to have to carry that for your life is just... It's oh. unbelievable. I well, feel so sorry for the family. Absolutely. Catherine said that she knows it was only a couple of seconds, but it felt like a, laugh, a lifetime. She was just standing there and it was an image she would never, it was something she'll never get out of her mind. And I had a friend tell me she actually walked up on her neighbor had, it was in a nice neighborhood in Georgetown and the neighbor had a, a younger son, maybe college age, and his friend was coming over and his friend, I believe, from what I remember, this has been many years ago, I believe he had OD'd and died on the way to the back of the house. So Jamie and her husband, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say her name. It's okay. There's lots of Jamie's. Jamie and her husband had walked outside and she saw him. Unbelievable. And she said it will never be an image that she'll ever be able to forget with seeing a dead body. Right. And, and it's totally different from seeing your sibling. a dead body in, in, in a casket versus like that or versus what this yeah. person walked up on. And Catherine didn't just walk up on her brother being deceased. She walked up on her brother who was tied up, tortured, and killed. So here's my thing. It's So he was military police, so obviously he knew how to take care of himself. He knew how to handle himself. Yes. So that right there tells me, number one, it was more than one person. And it was somebody he trusted. Had to be. Had to be, unless they just... You know, came to the door, bum rushed the door, and bum rushed him. Mm -hmm. But from pictures, he looks like I, it doesn't say how tall he is or how big. But from pictures, he looks like he's a a, a nice, strong man. Doesn't look like he would be somebody that would be easily overtaken. Exactly. And that's why I think it was more than one person, and that's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So you know, I to be tied up and tortured. You know, so, and then that leads into the other theory that, you know, they tortured him to get his information to use his ATM, but where, where did these people come from? Where did they originate from? It doesn't seem like to me, somebody just drove out to Rockbridge, Rockbridge Road, picked a random house, and this is what happened. Right. And what, it's really sad that Catherine Nichols says a lot of people have come to different conclusions and say maybe her brother was involved in drugs or just different different ideas based on the situation. And right. she believes her brother was just a nice guy who was way too trusting, but she knew something was up even days before because on Halloween his house was robbed and they took his jewelry and he said that he was thinking about moving and had told his sister and she was like something just felt weird those couple of days so within the time of halloween to what maybe two weeks not even two weeks later 
Right. He is brutally murdered. So it could have been just some people. <clears throat> somebody, somebody robs them. They get all this jewelry. They made a good lick. Right? Yeah. So they go back. They tell their buddies they made a good lick. They think it, they can make even more if they go back to the same place, but they need more manpower. Right? Yeah. So they get their buddies. They go back. They want to. They find out that you know he. There's nothing there. They already took it all the first time, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so they basically beat out of him his information for his debit card. He's like, "Go get all my money, whatever." You know they, and instead of letting him live, the alternative. The alternative. Jeez, your investigate discovery mind is on it tonight. Never even thought about that. But what, I mean, is that something typical with burglars to go back to somebody's house? I keep thinking about Rockbridge Road, okay, is several miles long, okay? Nobody's just going to drive out to Rockbridge Road, pick this random house with this random guy. When when did it happen? Did it, didn't it, don't they think it happened during the day? It wasn't even, you know... They believe that it was hours before he was found. So it doesn't have an exact time, but he was, it was hours before that he was found. I would love to get more information on this. I would love, I know some of the family and I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, I'd love to, to reach out and maybe get some more details because I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. You know, the, it, if it is random, the only way it's random is based on the robbery a few weeks prior. Well, and it says that Jim Duckett's niece, Brittany Claycomb, believes that someone who knew something about the crime also knew what kind of person her uncle was. That that the person who committed the crime knew that her uncle was a so caring man. So he might man. have helped somebody prior. That, yeah. that happens often. Mm -hmm. You know, people help people and then they turn on them and try to steal their stuff and they a lot of times inadvertently and I don't know if that's the right word to use I don't mean that in a disrespecting way but in, inadvertently take his life well the way that he was tortured and from the information that I had read was that they had cut his throat along with the torture and having him tied to a chair so I feel like that was a not inadvertent murder. I feel like that was I agree. a that's I, I was unaware of that, so yes. I'll revoke that statement. Specific, you know. Now the person who person or persons who had murdered Jim Duckett stole his truck, which was recovered days later, and stole no his, fingerprints, no nothing. Nothing. Now they do have DNA. They have, do have DNA. They told um, Jim Duckett's family that it would be about four months because it's not like on TV where they say, you know, oh, go get this DNA and have it back, you know, in however long. It it's a process and it sure. takes a while. So two years after they ran the DNA, they still had nothing. We're going on 11 years now. That's unbelievable. <clears throat> 
So, I mean, honestly, it seems to me that whoever's investigating this case is not investigating this case. Well, they do say that there's been lots of new leads and different things that come up, but I feel like there should be more information. Somebody knows something. Absolutely, somebody knows something. I feel in every cold case that we discuss, there's something in here that somebody knows something. Somebody can come forward. Somebody has some sort of information that they could share that would help these families just come with closure. The Facebook page, Justice for Jim Duckett, if you go through and read some of the comments written by his family members, especially his sister, your heart just breaks because she cannot move on from this. I don't, I don't blame her. This is something that has to haunt her day in and day out. She states that it is something that will just haunt her forever. And she never thought that there would be evil people. You know them people? Oh yeah. So we're on the, the Facebook page and Rich is going through and there's some, some people that we know, some family members um, that are with him. It's, it's really hard to know that people we grew up or were friends with, even after high school, that this is their family. It's just really sad. So he did have a story show on, was it Investigate Discovery? No, I don't think so. It was WHAS 11. Okay, so on February 13th, there was a story aired for Jim Duckett and his family to try and get more information out, which is something that we hope that we can do as well. We really hope that uh, this can lead to someone who has some sort of information. Jim Duckett was a DOS high school graduate. He was a father and an army veteran. Jim Duckett served in the military police and he did serve in Desert Storm. And when he joined, he went to DC and was in Ronald Reagan's old guard. Could you imagine? Really cool. That's really cool. Like the things that this man did and still just had a heart to love people and want to help people. And then something like this, you know, happens is just really, really sad. Some more information that may spark someone's some memory. Brittany Claycomb says that Jim Duckett had a Dodge Ram pickup truck and that it was very loud. The person who took the truck, it was the night of Light Up Shelbyville, and it was very warm. It was, it was an unreasonably warm night, and his truck had temporary plates. The person who, or persons, I want to put this back on persons, who did steal the truck went to Jim Duckett's financial institution, went to his bank, which was Fifth Third. They could have gone to any other bank and they went to his. So I feel like that's specific. They knew, okay, I'm gonna go to his his bank, which was weird because if, if it was me, I don't think I would go to someone's financial institution, the exact ATM. So he lived out in Rockbridge. They went all the way out to Fifth Third Bank. By Walmart, on the other end of town. There's, a, there's a Cub at the end of Hooper Station. There's a, um, used to be Republic Bank. Now it's like Commonwealth Bank or mm -hmm. right next to Cracker Barrel, whatever it is. There's a bank there. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I mean, that's the two closest banks. 
To Rockbridge. To Rockbridge, Rockbridge. absolutely. So, and they could have gotten on the interstate. They could have gone out of town. I mean, I guess get as far as away. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Well, Bernie Napier of the Kentucky State Police stated that it was obvious that James was tortured. Uh, To what end, he doesn't know if he can say at this point, but it was a very gruesome crime scene. So at what point? All right. So was Jim Duckett already deceased when the people stole his truck and went to the bank? It does not say. I would say that they murdered him before they left and took his information because he, the police said that he had been dead for a while before his body had been found. There was DNA from the scene. It was less than 24 hours, right? I mean, it doesn't give an exact time, but November 8th, November 8th was the last time that he was with his family. Okay. November 9th was when he was, November 9th was when he was found. So it's either 24 to 48 hours. Correct. Okay. So November 9th, I apologize. Let me get these correct. So November 9th was when he was finished Christmas shopping with his family. Okay. The next day, the family didn't hear from him. So the light up Shelbyville is usually on that Sunday or that Saturday. He did not go to church that Sunday. So when he didn't go to church that Sunday was when his sister went to go check on him. So I don't know if maybe it was that Monday when people were worried about him. So it was at least 24 hours of of the time that, you know, it went through. They believe that the murder was not random, obviously, which we've discussed. During the initial investigation, police found that the killer not only stole Duckett's truck, but they drove it to his bank and used his ATM and withdrew withdrew from his account. They withdrew all of his money, all of his money from his ATM. Now, the ATM cameras caught the person withdrawing the money, but the picture was too distorted to make a connection. You've seen the picture. I have seen the picture. It's terrible. You can't see anything. Now, I would like to say I have worked in that department at a financial institution. ATM pictures are terrible. Why? (laughs) The company. I mean, seriously, why? Because who we use is Diebold. And I feel like. You just called them out. I called out Diebold. I don't know who Fifth Third uses. I'm sure it's probably the same company, but they're terrible. I don't yeah, care. Obviously. My personal opinion is I don't like Diebold. I think they're they're lazy, but whatever. The person who serviced this ATM did not put the camera back on correctly. The lens back on correctly. So that is why the picture is so distorted. Is because the lens to the camera is turned the wrong way. If this had been serviced correctly, then they could have caught this person. But all they see, you can see, is Jim Duckett's truck. Right. You can't see the person. Exactly. Because of the camera image. So what would you do if your camera was on? Backwards. (laughs) (laughs) So, the Jim Duckett's family has... Life has changed dramatically. And they have actually started 
Kentuckians' cr voice for crime victims where they continue to work to find answers. They t continue to find answers for her brother. They continue to find answers for other um, Kentucky crime victims. This murderer or killers for Jim Duckett has walked free for over 10 years. Police say that they know that, that this time technology is on their side and they hope that they can make the call to the Nichols fam family, giving them closer, bringing them the justice that they need. That is absolutely what needs to happen. So there is a offering of a $25,000 reward. And um, they just ask that people call. So you can call Kentucky State Police at post 12. It's 502-227-2221. If you have any information about the case or Jim Duckett, you can call and remain anonymous and give them a call to hopefully bring justice for this family. So we really hope you guys have a great night and we appreciate you guys listening. Um, we've got some more cases coming up soon. We may throw in some more famous cases as opposed to just Kentucky cases to kind of give some more fun information and, and talks Ooh, for you guys. What are you talking about? Courtney and Kurt, Kurt. Cobain <laughs> mm, or the Barbie doll killers. Do you know that one? Uh, I don't know about They're that. They're so creepy and I love it. That's uh, kind of scary, babe. We're going to do it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for checking in um, Unfiltered with Tricky Rich and Holly Benali. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night. Hasta luego.